So, what's up, Zivas? Nothing much, Sam. How are you doing, dude? Doing fine. It's quite bright outside. Quite hot. Um, hotter than usual. Oh, hotter yeah. than last week, yeah. Yeah. What is it, like so, 50 degrees? Probably 50. It's hotter than usual. Like, it was usually, like, 10 degrees Fahrenheit, but... Yeah. I think we should start off this podcast, this episode, with uh, talking about, first and foremost, Joe Biden's performance in the first, in his first month, almost month, first month, specifically his, his executive orders. I think it's, according to CNN Politics, 42, 42 executive orders. That sounds about right. That's a lot. I think. Uh, I believe in his on his very first day he signed about seventeen, right? Seventeen. That was January twentieth. Once he was inaugurated and just went to the White House. Boom, seventeen. Yeah. It's just I heard. I think that's more than. Any executive order signed by any previous president, including Obama, George Bush, I think Bill Clinton, too? I believe, yeah, Bill Clinton, yeah. Donald Trump, Obama, and George W. Bush. Yeah, that's crazy, but I think I think we should really just, I just want to introduce this, like, I guess, opinion. This is shared amongst some conservatives that I know, I know of like in the internet and in the news media, uh, the argument is this, that Joe Biden is simply acting as this king figure, abusing his executive power and ignoring Congress's, I guess, um, uh, like input on these um, executive orders that Instead of going to Congress to have these passed as laws, he is doing it with his simply his executive order power. And I just want to ask you, do you agree with this sentiment? Uh, no. In fact, I strongly disagree with this sentiment. When you look at everything that's been happening so far, uh, I think one of the main reasons that Joe Biden hasn't really been able to take this up with Congress is because they have been preoccupied with Trump's impeachment trial, which have been which has been taking away from his first 100 days and how much he can get done through uh, legislation. And, you know, he doesn't really have the opportunity to consult them. But uh, I would have to strongly disagree with their sentiment. I think um, he's doing whatever he can to push his agenda forward, um, uh, making the best of the resources he's cur- he currently has. I uh, will uh, we'll go back to the Senate impeachment trial later on, but with that, that's a good point to bring up the Senate impeachment trial since that could be that I think that is one point. And his reasoning, his rationale in passing so many executive orders that since the Senate was too preoccupied with the Senate impeachment trial, they didn't have time. Sim- just simple as that. But also, I think he's very urgent. Like, he wants to uh, pass these orders urgently, he, like, with haste, 
because we're in the midst of a COVID pandemic. We're like almost a year in. Where it's almost in like one, actually, I think it's in like one more month and another day. That will be, I guess, the anniversary of the first lockdown that we had. But yeah, um, simply, Joe Biden has, throughout his campaign, really promised to, to the American people COVID relief climate change um, proposals, um, actions, social justice issues, like he's going to tackle that. And um, what was it? Uh, I think that basically covers everything. But yeah, but I think in terms of the argument of if he is acting as a king figure, I think he's just using his power to basically just recover the economy, help the people out, simple as that. But I, th- I just want to go and talk about one contentious, a very controversial executive order, and that is the shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline. That's what, uh, what, uh, what is your opinion on that? Because that's a very controversial thing. Uh I have very mixed feelings about the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, And before I get into this, I'd like to look at it from an outside perspective and look at um, both parties' rationale and their reasoning and their arguments in support for the Keystone Pipeline and against it. Okay. So to start off, we're going to look at the Democratic side of the argument. Uh, Primarily, they were advocating for it to be shut down solely because of um, climate change, which, as you know, is a very um, um, it's a very prevalent and heavy issue in um, today's political climate, and how it's very bad for the environment, especially since it's affecting many of the indigenous people who live on reserves there, and um, mm-hmm. it's also leading to things um, um, issues like water and air pollution. It's you know significantly affecting their health, and uh, I. Th- think personally for that reason it was a good idea to shut it down but when you look at the republican standpoint it was i guess you could say in a sense it also it also hurt the economy slowly because thousands of jobs were lost i believe the numbers were around i could be wrong but i think they're around 50 to 70,000 50 to 70,000 i heard the first figure i heard was 11,000 but either way jobs were lost but since you just outlined the Democratic and uh, you outlined the Republican side, right? Yeah. yeah. The jobs lost. What is your like definitive point? Is it necessary? Wait, when you're thinking of when you're like rec- uh, when you're like abs- when you absorb all this like facts and knowledge, was it necessary? Was it good? Was it bad? Uh, with regards to the short term, I believe it was bad, um, primarily because people are losing their jobs, their, you know, their livelihoods, essentially, and if they have families, it's going to be very hard to take care of them. But in the long run, I believe that it was a very um, good move by the Biden administration, 
especially since, like I said before, climate change is a very, um, very important issue. And, you know, it could have potentially also um, led to avoiding some dire future consequences. Yeah. And on my part, what I think of it. Well, first of all, climate change is a real thing. Um, supported by the majority of scientists. And when thinking on the long term, um, I think I have reservations too. Like, um, it's not something I wholeheartedly support because there are there are consequences. And when we take this into perspective, uh, in the long term, I support the shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline on the grounds that climate change, we need to combat climate change. And uh, we need to combat climate change and uh, like go with these proposals like uh, carbon emissions control, regulating that, the Keystone Pipeline. And because if we don't, if we are too, I guess, too reserved to, if we're waiting too long on these things, then eventually I think the consequences of climate change would would basically affect us in a, a grand scale. And with the, with the people who lost their jobs. Uh, my position does not mean I ignore them, per se, but I I am very concerned and that's why I want this American Rescue Plan to be passed so that these people, all people in general, who are struggling, uh, get the money they need. I know this is not a permanent uh, solution, but it's something that will help us, um, I guess, have time to figure out how we're going to um, officially end COVID and bring everyone back from this, I guess, economic hellscape. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's you've got a good point. I am looking forward to see what the Biden administration does with um, his American Rescue Plan, because, you know, it should provide economic relief, like you said, to people who did lose their jobs. And to an extent, it could pro potentially counterbalance the negative effect that it might have on the economy. But Yeah, but it's just a very temporary thing. Like, it's just $2,000. And really, how long can you survive with $2,000? I know that one of the executive orders, uh, what was it? It was one of them. I'll bring it up. It was about extending or something about rent or no extend eviction and foreclosure moratoriums which extends the existing na nationwide moratorium on evictions and foreclosures until at least march 31st according to cnn politics i don't know how many how that would apply to the people who lost their jobs from the pipe shutdown pipeline but i guess it will help well in general like when we have like Americans in general, it will help for those who live paycheck to paycheck, who have to pay rent every month, but I don't know. Generally, I think I am 
I am quite satisfied with Biden's performance, though I am not convinced that he He's doing everything. Sebastian? Yeah. Uh, that's a minor hiccup. So uh, I asked you... How do you think? I just said I was satisfied with his performance, but what do you think? Uh, overall, I'd have to say so far, yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with his performance as well. Um, when you look at it, he's doing his best with the resources that are currently available to him. And now that the impeachment trial of former President Trump has ended, I believe he will be able to get a lot more done in the, in the next coming months. Yeah, I hope he does. Honestly, I want this plan, the American Rescue Plan, passed as law. But there is still, like, one thing about the plan. And I, uh, a few weeks ago, I read, like, a New York Times uh, article on it. And one of the points was a $15 minimum wage. Um, that uh, um, proposal, that part of the plan, I don't necessarily is necessary in, uh, in that plan. And what I think about the increase in minimum wage, right, yeah. is that simply it will – if that such a big increase uh, in the wage oh, – of the wage, and usually I think the minimum wage now or in at least in New Jersey is around $7.25, right? Yeah. So around an $8 increase or $7.75 in, increase – that will hurt small business uh, businesses. It will it will such a rise in wages will have to force uh, business owners to increase the price of their products, or they would have to fire some of their employees in order to make a profit and not have expenditures be like out um, be more than the um, income, right? Yeah. I think there's a Vox video on the minimum wage. It was called, what was it? What, what the United States gets wrong, gets about, wrong when, about the minimum yeah. wage, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think one of the points was um, that, like, it gives you, like, a timeline, like, a graph, like, a timeline of, like, what is it, 50, 40, uh, 50, 60 years but every time we raise the uh, minimum wage, it always goes back down. And every time we uh, increase it, it also goes back down. And it's just that no matter – just that, like we do something wrong, like the United States, right? Well, like, do you know what we, what we do wrong when it comes to minimum wage? Uh, I don't remember entirely because I do know which video you're referencing. Yeah. Um, 
I don't remember entirely, but I'm pretty sure they compared um, our statistics concerning the minimum wage over, like you said, a 50, 60 year period. And I believe that they adjusted um, for the, yeah, I believe that um, their minute, um, the minimum wage in certain European countries like France was adjusted based on um, certain statistics, I believe. Um, like inflation, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it was adjusted around inflation. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point when you think about it. When we increase the minimum wage uh, little by little over a course of time, it will help businesses, I guess, adapt to those changes instead of like a big spontaneous increase, oh, like an yeah. $8 increase. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. So yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's no, I see what you're trying to say. Uh, yeah, like you were like you were saying um, with. Yeah, I think you have to, you know, they think they adjust it subtly or, um, you know, with not that big of an increase or decrease to allow these companies to adjust and prepare accordingly. Yeah. Um, like at the end of the day, I think I'm glad um, that should be out of the plan. And I, I think in the Senate, they did vote on it. Uh, let me just uh, check. But they did vote on, I think they voted on the American Rescue Plan, like a simple vote, uh, just to say, like, if it's going to be passed. And I think the compromise was that, well, Republicans wanted, met with Joe Biden on this issue. And they wanted a $600 billion, $600 billion plan, which I think is will not like uh do what is uh, what it it tends uh, it intends to do like help americans be like back on their feet i think we need a 1.9 trillion dollar plan but so basically one of the things i think it's just a huge comp a compromise um i think yeah I think that Republicans wanted that minimum wage proposal out of the plan, and I think they did. Uh, so, yeah. The Senate on Friday morning passed a budget resolution concerning the American Rescue Plan, and they did remove that 15 minimum wage uh, proposal out of the plan, if I'm not mistaken. I'm mistaken. Um, let me let me check. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure they removed it. They did remove it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, that's not really a big issue for at this moment. And since I outlined why we shouldn't have a 15 minimum proposal, but I think the plan itself concerning uh, giving Americans $1,400. Um, direct payments and also other uh, proponents like billion dollar, uh, like twenty billion dollars to for a national COVID vaccination program, virus testing, uh, schools help them, uh, like I guess get clean and uh, I guess reopen and all of these things. I I'm glad that this plan is taken seriously that it's not totally unchanged like drastically but but yeah let's see what happens over the course of a few days or a few weeks yeah
Yeah. Uh, I have pretty high hopes for this administration, and I believe they'll deliver. Yeah, I hope that Congress does deliver, which most likely will. The House is obviously a majority of it is held by Democrats, which I think they will have enough votes to pass it. But uh, going away from the plan, I want to go back to the Senate impeachment trial. So that whole debacle, that whole, I guess, mess. What do you All think right. of it? I know you said it uh, that it kind of preoccupied the Senate, the uh, Congress in general. But what do you think of it? The outcome. Uh, the outcome, personally, uh, I'm I'm fairly indifferent towards it. Uh, I know that there are pretty there are many people out there, especially um, some people who are close to me that I know that weren't too happy with the results of Trump's uh, second acquittal, and they believe that he should have been convicted, and I'm pretty sure that many other people across the country share that same sentiment. But uh, I think that uh, overall, uh, in my personal opinion, he should have been held accountable, but at the same time, I think it was a good idea to end it where it stands, because... Um, you can't take too much time out of um, away from Biden's first 100 days. And, um, you know, when you look at it um, from an outsider's perspective, I'm going to do this once again. When you look at both the Democratic and Republican standpoints on the issue, um, I think primarily um, the Democrats heavily relied on the events surrounding the insurrection and um, and how you know their lives were threatened and they believed that Trump was responsible for it and, you know, incite and inciting these protesters to um, storm the Capitol. And when it came to the Republican side of the argument, they argued that since Trump was no longer a sitting president, that the impeachment was unconstitutional and that they should just continue to move forward. So me personally, I, um, I am personally pretty indifferent towards it. But what do you think? Um... Well, I have to say that I was kind of disappointed out the, uh, about the outcome. I think I wrote about this on my website. Uh, I wrote about how I was basically very angry about what happened on January 6th. And the thing, the point that President Trump was responsible for those attacks I would say that he kind of was, based on his words, what he said before those attacks. Um, he kind of promoted this, uh, his supporters to go to the Capitol, but it kind of got out of hand. I don't know what exactly what he said, but but like generally, I what I think of Trump. But basically, in general, what I think of Trump is that he is actually he's kind of stupid. Like, just to put it bluntly, he does not, um, I don't, I don't think he chooses his words carefully. Doesn't really care what he says or the outcome, the consequences of his, like, what he says. And it just causes him so much trouble. And I do think that if he just didn't use Twitter that much, 
didn't insult, didn't say what he is known to say that I think, and I just think that he he might have had a better presence, like a better reputation. And I do think that the media does play a part in um, just like in, uh, sabotaging Trump's reputation. I think they have been unfair most of the time, but it's on both sides, really. Yeah. Um, but I am kind of glad that it's over, that the impeachment trial is over, because now that um, now Joe Biden could focus or like the Congress could focus on passing um, laws to help Americans back on their feet. And I think this should be really ignored. And we could be content with the fact that in four years, three to four years, I don't think Trump would be taken seriously anymore after what happened in January 6th. Even with the still like strong support from Trump's base of voters, I think a majority of Americans, both Democrat and Republican, could say, you know, like, I don't think we should vote in this person anymore, vote in Trump anymore, uh, like, in back in office. So uh, I think, that's, yeah, yeah, that's like a fair assessment because, you know, like seven re- senators, Republican senators voted guilty, though that's not a lot that is saying something. And also, I want to add that how many was it? Was it like 10, 15, 17 Republicans in the House voted guilty? I believe so. Yeah, it was somewhere yeah. around that number. Yeah, but compared to his impeachment, Trump's impeachment, like, three years ago, two years ago? Yeah, but it was about two years ago. I think more, Repu- like, Republicans now voted guilty in this uh, in this uh, trial compared to, um, you know, the first trial. And that is really, that just sends, like, a big message. Even though that's not a, a large amount of Republicans, it's just saying that, that most republic some republicans are moving away from trump's rhetoric like trump's uh like moving away from president trump and i think in the future when this event is noted in like the history books i think most people will say yeah what trump did was reprehensible and yeah I think history will, uh, uh, like a time will come when we could all say, you know, he wasn't that good of a president. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Uh, when you. Well, that, well, let me just phrase that, that he was responsible for this, that he should have been held accountable. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, when you look at it now, uh, when I know. Uh, we've only just begun with this new administration. But when you look ahead to 2024, uh, it's very interesting to see who could become, who could be the Republican nominee to run. There are so many, there are so many, you know, options. But at the same time, are they really suitable candidates to for the presidency? Uh, well, 2024. What? I think Ted Cruz would be a good candidate. Well, well I mean, good. 
uh, like good that he will be probably a popular one amongst the Republicans. Yeah. And who else? Donald Trump Jr. Trump Trump Jr. said he was going to run, didn't he? I think I know that Ivanka Trump. There's some speculation that she might run for the Senate in Florida. Hmm. But I think they're young. They're like early 40s, late 30s. They have time. I think they will run eventually. Sometime in four years or sometime in the future. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's in the future. So let's see what happens to Biden and if he did a okay job but is, or if he's still unpopular and that Republicans are not content with him. But, I don't know, we can't predict the future, so. Yeah. Um... But Ivanka running for the Senate, do you think I have I don't I think she will have a chance in Florida. Uh realistically, you've got a good point. She does have a chance to win in Florida. Um based off of a lot of the based off of um you when you look back at Trump's presidency and I believe isn't there an investigation going on, an ongoing investigation concerning the mismanagement of campaign funds in both with, regarding both um, Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump? I could be wrong. Hello. Yeah. When you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you when you look at that. I don't know. I feel she has a chance, but based off of her father's reputation and the reputation of the family as a whole, I yeah, I don't believe she's a clear favorite to win, but she has uh, she has a chance. Yeah, I think in Florida she does. Well, it's crazy. Like Florida, I don't think they have COVID restrictions. I think it's like pretty normal. Like from what I've saw, uh, what I've seen in uh, I think Tom Brady's like an Instagram, like Tom Brady just posted like videos. It was crazy. Like people were partying. People were like partying in boats and stuff like that. It was just like normal life, like a normal like at, like post Super Bowl party. It's crazy. Hmm. But um, yeah. Just going back to, uh, I think, focus, and focus on, you know, COVID. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I think, what was it? There are, like, so many second words that we could talk about, and, uh, I think one noble one is um. Sebastian? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you just give me a few seconds? 
Yeah. You're good? Uh, yeah, I just got to move my setup quickly. Okay, I got you. So, uh, I'm just going to give you this question so that you could answer. Uh, the transgender ban on the, uh, in the military. I know that President Biden has reversed that, I guess, Trump-era policy. And I just want to, like, what are your thoughts on that? Realistically, I shouldn't even think that should be a question, in all honesty, because, you know, if you are willing to serve and you want to fight for your country and for your family, then I think you should be able to. It shouldn't be about sexual orientation, gender, or race, or, you know, any other um, non-essential factor. So I personally think it's it was pointless for the ban to even be enforced in the first place, but what do you think about it? Well, I agree with you. There's nothing else to talk about, but I guess I want to... I, I mentioned this because of the Republican talking points. I think uh, in the beginning, when was when this was instituted, that I think if I'm wrong... Like, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, wrong, uh, if I'm right, but the thing, one of the points was that um, they, people don't want their taxpayer money to go to the, I guess, surgeries for these transgender people in the military? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I agree with the, uh, with the point that, like, it's like, it's an evident right for a person, no matter whoever they are, to join the military because... Well, they join the military because they want to serve for their country and for to protect their family. And really preventing people, like a group of people from doing that is really, um, it's really, what's the word? Like wrong, Unethical. I guess. Unethical. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad it's like a big, like a major step for um in terms of like social issues really uh although it's like a simple reversal yeah it's just a, like uh, of course like sets the tone for the biden administration i know it's like insignificant like kind of trivial that i know like biden has been emphasizing on unity on equality but really this is a major step which means that it just means that transgender people can have the right to just join the military. Yeah, and it also sets a it also sets a tone for Biden's first 100 days, you know, because it shows that not everything that he was talking about while he was on the campaign trail with um, Kamala Harris was, you know, he wasn't just bluffing; he's actually delivering on his promises to the American people. Yeah, and that point, that uh, that claim that Biden is actually uh, keeping his promises, it's still like uh, 
It's still going on. Like, he did propose the American Rescue Plan, which is also proof. And whether it gets passed is up to Congress. But, yeah, I think that's why it goes back to my, like, I'm very content with Biden's job so far. And I did have my reservations. I didn't vote. I didn't exactly support Biden. Uh, I think in the in November or prior to that, like a month or two ago, I hoped for anyone but Biden, like uh, Andrew Yang or Tulsi Gabbard. The more I guess Tulsi Gabbard is more moderate. Some like many Republicans support um, Tulsi Gabbard and definitely Andrew Yang. And I do. You, are you familiar with Andrew Yang? Uh, not entirely, but I've heard some things about him. I believe currently he's running for mayor of New York City. Yeah, and uh, I think one of his like defining proposals is UBI, Universal Basic Income. Which is basically giving every American, eighteen, uh, every American who is eighteen or above, a thousand dollars a month, and I think that it, it excludes the rich, of course. But that's basically the general idea of it. Do you think that's a good policy? Uh, overall, I personally agree with this. Uh, really? Primarily, yeah. Primarily. Um, it also technically depends on, uh, I believe, the person's financial situation as well. You know, um, depend. I think t- when you take certain um, fact, socioeconomic factors into account, I think that should more or less determine how much um, each person's getting. But that's just me personally. Yeah, I just said really because I... Uh view you as a more of a right-leaning person like a right-leaning independent but no i am i just uh i think yeah i I personally i i agree with it but at the same time i have uh nice you know i have reservations about it but i believe based on socioeconomic factors you know depending on how much the person's family uh makes annually that should determine how much money they receive and if they make above a certain amount they shouldn't receive any at all really yeah i think if that i think i don't know if that if that point uh like the income bracket whether like who should get the thousand dollars is included but i assume it i assume it is but really there's a lot of of course um like any other proposal from the democratic party like universal health care um canceling student debt or like uh, like the green new deal um there's like this argument of how do we pay for it and i think that mr uh mr yang pointed this out he introduced this vat ta- uh, vat tax like value added tax which is basically similar to a sales tax but it's tax on um what is it Like this tax that he says will vote, uh, will help pay for this. And hold on, I got the information here. It says it's known as a goods and services tax, a type of tax that is assessed incrementally. It is levied on the price of a product or service 
at each stage of production, distribution, or sale to the end consumer. Oh, okay. So it, yeah, it is similar to a sales tax, but it's taxed on every level of distribution, like that product, the how that product is made, how that is sold. So yeah, yeah. So basically, that will help pay for it as well as other things. But I do support this because it will theoretically, and I think this uh, theoretically will give money to people who 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 need it like let's say the poor uh they they could use this money to pay their bills pay for their rent and probably they have the extra money to send their kid probably give them more food or buy more food for the family in general or just um i don't know for whatever they uh need basically or yeah for the student right the college student who just who who got into college or is out of college he could invest that money and over time if he is very um i guess like smart with his money he could at the end of like a five-year or ten-year period he has enough money to pay all his debt uh student loan debts and even for the middle class they have extra money to invest extra money well in general when we get all those like groups of people combined, they could have more money to buy things, and really that really stimulates the economy. You could like let's say like simple thing as buying like if you buy more things that will help the business, they will get more money. That they will theoretically expand and you know simple like a simple like I guess it's not really economics is not really that simple, but that's really like the the theory of it. Less. Yeah. And I think the argument here is um I mean, what about the guys who will waste that money away buying alcohol, uh, alcohol or like drugs or uh, cigarettes? Um no, that's a that's a very good argument actually. Um I'm not entirely too sure. I Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, you you bring up a good point actually because uh, yeah, you bring up a good point because you know the, what about the people who are going to waste it on alcohol or drugs or you know things that very that aren't very important toward you know um, um, building their futures and that would just be a waste of money. Well, I. I think there is this kind of argument to this, like uh, such as that alcohol, alcohol, I think, is taxed. Um, if the person bought with the thousand dollars a month, like twelve thousand dollars uh, for a year, did buy marijuana, I think there are recently there have been like state proposals, even a national one. I think it's being still voted on. I'm not too entirely sure about taxing marijuana. And basically decriminalizing, uh, decriminalize or legalize uh, marijuana. And really, even if they buy all those things, alcohol and even cigarettes are taxed. And if they buy all those things, that tax money will eventually go to the state or national government. And really, I think 
at the end of the day, it will do, it will benefit more to the economy and to the government if we had UBI. But it's still like a very young idea. But I think it's a very good one. How about you? Uh, over uh, overall, it seems like a very overall. It seems like a very good idea, but that's in theory. I'd like to actually see, you know, it implemented first, and uh, and then we'll see what happens down the road. Yeah, I think that proposal will be is up in the air. Um, I think when Yang, uh. His plan is to is a much smaller version, which of course because like it's New York City, but he plans to give two thousand dollars a year to every New Yorker who needs it. Uh, so I think he in a Joe in a Joe Rogan podcast he said that there is like one state who uh, or city who that instituted UBI and had and had like had it for like 37 years or some insanely long time and it turned out to be pretty successful and whether the question whether that will work nationally well we don't know yet it has to be uh, probably it is like has to be implemented but i'm just uh if yang runs for president again i think that will be another uh, that question will be revived and i don't know let's just see You are there? I'm here. Hello, Sebastian, you're there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, your mic is uh, now very, like, low. It's very, like, hearable. All right, is it better? Oh, yeah, it's better. All right. Yeah. So I basically said... Yeah, it's uh, still a young idea. I don't know. But I think in the future, it'll be up in the air. And no, yeah. see. Most definitely, I think it could yield very promising results. But we actually have to see it put into practice first. So uh, we'll potentially find out, like you said, if he runs for president again in 2024. Honestly, I I hope he does. Uh, I don't I don't think 2024. If he wins, I think he's leading in the uh, polls for New York City mayor. Uh, I think if he does an eight-year, uh, two-term uh, mayor uh, mayoral uh, career, I think we could see him in 2000. What is it? 30? No, 28. Yeah. 28. All right. Uh, yeah, that's like that's a fun thought, but uh, only time will tell. Yeah. All right, we covered a lot for one episode, uh, forty-seven minutes. Damn. But uh, yeah, I think we covered what Biden executive order. Specifically, the Keystone Pipeline, Trump impeachment trial. Well, I think we could end it off here.
so episode two will be out probably shortly. And uh, I don't know. It's fun talking to you, Sebas, about this. You too, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's good to have engaging conversations like this. And, uh, you know, they're very interesting. All right. Yeah, hopefully we could have guests soon. And I think that will be a good thing. And any one of you listeners who want to uh, be invited, I guess, talk, you could just send us an email, text, or even snap, I don't know, uh, whatever. And, yeah, I think this is a good place to end off. And, uh, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening. And this is Hail to, Hail to the Pod. See yep. Yep.